0: Podcast. My name is Matt Brown, joined each and every week by Brett Colson. We'll rerun we down all the big happenings, all the big bets, all the big news going on in this crazy gambling industry. We are on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google. Any of your five star reviews and all of the kind words that you have to say are really appreciated. We do thank you guys at The Lines US, at Playpicks US over on Twitter. You want to follow Brett at Brett Colson. You want to follow me at Matt Brown M2. We'll hit on the NBA, the NHL. We'll talk about the big name free agent running back that has now found a home hit on the Kentucky Derby. We'll talk to tour championship and we'll also get to the AFC West. So this is an action packed episode here, Brett. Are you ready? Do you think we are going to be able to get through everything in let's call it, uh, let's call it like an hour and five minutes. I'll give us an hour five on this thing. I'm
1: just like, cradling back and forth on a corner right now there's so much going on man it's hard to keep up with everything that's happening but yes let's let's dive into it let's go
0: on the nba side of things the rockets win game seven against the thunder uh my little note in here is they are soon to be destroyed against the lakers in this thing i imagine anthony davis i joked on twitter that anthony davis is going to average 60 and 30 in this series right here because of because of everything that's going on but in in all seriousness i mean he should absolutely feast. I mean, absolutely feast in this series here. I mean, the the small ball thing almost got the Rockets bounced against the Thunder. And then you look and you have the beast of Anthony Davis under there. LeBron, obviously a huge big body as well. And uh, I, I just think this is going to go very, very poorly for this Rockets team. You say that,
1: but. The Rockets have done pretty well against the Lakers this year. I'm excited for this series. I think you're right. I think the Lakers they should be able to blow them away. But I mean, if the Rockies, are, I mean, we said it in the last episode. If the Rockets are shooting the ball well, if they're if they're getting up and down the floor and getting open shots, they can beat anybody. So
0: they were oh, able uh, to win with James Harden, their best offensive player, having maybe the worst offensive <laughs> night I've yeah. seen him have in in quite a long time. So there was, there is that at least.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. If Harden's hot, I think the Lakers are going to win, but I would not bet the Lakers at this price, this series. So I'm just going to kind of sit back and watch this one. It's going to be fun. I think
0: sitting here on the end, we're talking NBA and then right out of the gate, we get a push. No, I get a push notification on my phone as we're going that the Brooklyn Nets are turning to Steve Nash to be their head coach wow. for your deal for that. So Steve Nash will be coaching the Brooklyn Nets. And if you guys remember, you did not see the actual version of the Brooklyn Nets this year. Brooklyn Nets will actually be a good team, so that's going to be interesting to watch there. The Bucs are down 0-2 to the heat in this thing. A lot of uh, what people were saying in this, Brett, was that it had become the 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 ref show, that the refs were the guys that were you know basically deciding the outcome of this game. It was not played on the court. What we have seen now is a shift in the series price, over at FanDuel, Miami Heat are now minus 162 in the series. Uh, they are minus 177 in the series over at DraftKings. If you take a look at historically, Brett, it is about 10% where teams come back from 2 to win these series here. We, see, we saw it happen last year. It's not like it's the craziest thing. The Bucs are still a good team, but. Boy, they have lo- They have really, really struggled against this Heat team.
1: They have, and I don't watch a lot of NBA anymore, so I put my trust in people who follow a lot closer than I do. They've been saying that the Heat are a tough matchup for the Bucs all season long, and here we are. It's 2-0 Miami, and yeah, do, do we look at this Bucs team and say, all right, there's value on this team now? I think they're plus 700 to win the NBA title now, but if it was any other team in the East, I'd say, Okay, maybe this is a spot to buy low on the box, but man, the, the Heat have done a tremendous job in this series,
0: and I, th- man, I think the Heat are just going to win the series. By the time you listen to this, the Celtics and the Raptors might actually have already played, but maybe they will be taking the court shortly. They do hit uh, today as we are recording this, uh, up two to nothing on the Raptors. And what that has done is push that series price to the Celtics minus 500. Yeah, You're getting plus three sixty on the Raptors coming back on that one. Yet another series here, Brett, whenever you watch this one, it's kind of played out a lot like this heat bucks series where the Celtics have just looked pretty much for about 85% of the time that the two teams are on the court have just looked like the better team. They probably are the better team. I, I think, I think it's fair
1: to say the Raptors have overperformed. They overperformed in the regular season and now we're seeing that they just don't have the talent on the court to compete with some of these you know, the teams with stars like Jason Tatum.
0: Yeah, I think this series is probably over. Yeah, I am holding a Celtics um Eastern Conference ticket. So hopefully that uh that does come to fruition. I'm kind of looking forward to that. The Nuggets and the Clippers will get going in game 1 a little later tonight as well as we record this on a Thursday. That series price, they are all over the Clippers. If you want to bet the Clippers at DraftKings in this in this uh series, -1250. How about heading over to FanDuel Brett where if you want the Clippers minus 15 hundo you at least are getting plus 790 on the nuggets on the comeback over there but no faith whatsoever in this nuggets team against the clippers
1: can't say i blame them (laughs) i don't i I don't see the nuggets winning this series but yeah that is a steep price though
0: i was gonna say like the only problem for me is is you look at this and I mean, do you want to be laying fifteen hundred bucks to win a hundred on a team where let's be let's be honest? If if one of the big two went down for the Clippers, then this series really really evens up a whole lot more. Uh, I don't see myself ever doing that. It would be a play on the dog or bust. I don't think the I don't think the Nuggets get out of this series. Don't get me wrong, but I'm either going to take the eight to one on the dog, or I'm just it's going to be a no play for me.
1: Yeah, I think look if you if you feel that way, I think eight to one on the Nuggets is probably a, a sharp play. Uh, I would love to. I love to. I haven't seen yet where the money is coming in on the Clippers as such heavy favorites in the series. But if if it moves, maybe there. Yeah, maybe uh, fire a Nuggets long shot bet here.
0: I'm going to take a look here at the NHL, but you are going to do the majority of the talking. I have been watching. I'll admit, I've been watching, but it's on an ancillary TV. It's not on the one with the sound, so I'm not getting the commentary. I'm not getting uh, the, the the true feel for everything, but we do have a pretty interesting lineup here, actually, over the next couple of days, uh, talking about these big NBA games that are happening today on Thursday as we record this couple of very big NHL games as well. The Islanders can close out the Flyers. The Islanders are up 3-2 to two in that one. The Golden Knights can close out the Canucks. They are up 3-2 to two in that one. And then we, we uh, head to Friday where the Stars and the Avalanche will be playing game seven. So we have a scenario here over the next two days, Brett, that uh, one is definitely going to shape out that series with the Stars and Avalanche. And the other two, depending on how things go this evening, could also be shaken out and we could be looking at our final four here.
1: Yeah. Islanders minus three thirty-five to win the series right now. You got the golden Knights up three to two against the Canucks minus 1000 to win that series. And I haven't looked at the price on tomorrow's game, but yeah, I'm, I think, I think that the, the, you know, I think we're gonna see the golden Knights as the, as the superior team close out the Canucks here on, on, on Thursday. I, man, I, as a ticket holder on the Islanders, I'm nervous. I think they've definitely been the better team in this series, but the Flyers are just so dangerous. I mean, they were the better, they were probably the best team in the NHL as we closed out the year with the the pandemic, but they're extremely dangerous. So, I I think we'll probably have a game 7 in that series. Uh we might have a couple of game 7s here and there. There's nothing better than game 7s in the NHL. They are so much fun. So, at least at the very least we'll have that. I'll uh, to look forward to here over the next couple of days.
0: If you guys were with us earlier in the week on our first podcast of the week, we talked about the kind of not not necessarily shocking, but just a a major move in the NFL as the Jacksonville Jaguars cut ties with Leonard Fournette, a guy that they took in the top five of the draft just a few years ago. We speculated on some places where he might land, Brett, and we were right on one of them. And Leonard Fournette is going to head. To Tampa, and this makes all the sense in the world. We talked about this. Look, Tampa is in a win this year mode. You have a 43 year old quarterback. You went and drug a tight end out of retirement. You have ridiculous playmakers at wide receiver. I mean, this is it, it makes all the sense in the world that they would go out and get Leonard Fournette because they probably look at it and say, hey, look, at the end of the day, uh, like you said, I mean, there are there are going to be times where Leonard Fournette makes special plays. If he gets past that first level, he's gone. I mean, the guy's breakaway straight speed for a guy as big as him is really unseen in in the NFL. The problem is is getting to that second level. He doesn't have a, the the greatest of of uh, vision and things like that. Once he got to the NFL, however. It's definitely an upgrade over a Lashawn McCoy. It's probably an upgrade over a Ronald Jones. I mean, there's everybody's been waiting on Ronald Jones to to do something, but he hasn't really shown anything that much either. But at the end of the day, Tampa, I think, is basically just kind of really showing us what they're all about this year, and yeah, that is they they are making yes, they are making a play for the Super Bowl.
1: Yeah, and I get it. I mean, this is we we haven't seen Leonard Fournette any good offense in maybe ever. I mean, the Jags were good. Three years ago, but that was because of their defense. Here he is, surrounded by stars. He's got an all-world quarterback I don't know if he's all-world anymore, but a once all-world quarterback leading the way. And yeah, if you can get Leonard Fournette in space, if you can get him to the second level, he is so dangerous. He can break a game wide open. So he adds that element that they really didn't have with a you know Ronald Jones, the Sean McCoy. So I I understand it. I I man, it's it's I, I really thought he would end up in New England. I thought that I just thought that was going to happen. So I would have lost that bet if that market was uh, available to us here in the U.S.
0: No props up on Fournette quite yet. This is still pretty recent news. Maybe by the time we record the next podcast, we'll have those and we can update you guys on that one. Uh, obviously, they were already one of the uh, hot teams out there. So this doesn't move any sort no. of lines or anything. It doesn't do anything for the win total. It doesn't do anything, any of that stuff. But I think you do mention a very good point here that Brett, that at, nobody faced more stacked boxes over the last three years than Leonard Fournette. I mean, people basically would they they dared Blake Blake Bortles to throw the ball because they wanted him to throw the ball because it usually good things happened for the defense whenever Blake Bortles was throwing the ball, and then of course it was kind of the break-in period for for Gardner Minshew and all of that. So nobody faced more stacked boxes than Leonard Fournette, and they're not go well actually they can do that all they want if they want to do that but then you are going to have to contest with with Gronkowski and Evans and Godwin and all of these ridiculous playmakers at the uh at the skill positions there for this Bucks team so you can stack the box against him if you want to but you're going to get pummeled through the air so he might actually as you kind of said might actually we might actually see for the first time if Leonard Fournette is any good in the NFL, because he, he, he will, he will, the defenses are going to have to at least stay honest. Now they cannot just dare the quarterback to throw the ball.
1: Yeah. The question is, when do we see Leonard Fournette? I think we're going to see Ronald Jones be the guy early in the season. Do we, do we start seeing Fournette maybe like week three, week four, do they kind of like ease him in and save, maybe save him for later in the year. So he's fresh for like late in the season playoffs. I, I don't know. We'll see, but I, it, it makes sense. I get it adds that another like big time playmaker to this offense.
0: One of the biggest events each and every year that people who don't even care at all about horse racing, they will get together. They will watch this. They will have their bets. They will do whatever. Of course, with the pandemic gets postponed, but here we are finally in a weekend in September where the Kentucky Derby is going to be going off, Brett. Now, it feels a little bit weird. It's not May. It's not like that time of year. It's, it's competing uh, largely with pretty much every other sport out there, which it doesn't really uh, have to worry about whenever it's in May. You're kind of, you feel on that Saturday that it is kind of Kentucky Derby Saturday and that it doesn't really have to worry about anything else. But uh, weird times here with the Kentucky Derby, but we will be going off this weekend.
1: Yeah, like you said, there's almost no buzz around the race this year with it running against all these major sports, plus it not being the first leg of the Triple Crown. We usually spend a whole show on the on yeah. the Kentucky Derby every year because there's just not a whole lot else going on. But it is running this weekend, 18-horse field at Churchill Downs on Saturday. Uh, but it's... I'm not really looking forward to it all that much. I mean, we have the one huge favorite here in Tiz the Law. We were supposed to see three Bob Baffert horses compete for a Triple Crown this year. None of them ran in the first leg of the Triple Crown at the Belmont, and that was just Tiz the Law's race to lose, and he just crushed. Um, and now the opening lines on Tiz the Law here at the Derby, three to five morning line odds the lowest in more than 30 years and it could be the most or the lowest in like 40 50 years if his (laughs) odds drop further at post time which probably will happen everyone wants to bet on this horse uh there are some contenders and it'll be interesting to watch out of the gate we've got honor ap at 5 to 1 in gate 16 then tis the law tis the law in in gate 17 and then authentic in gate 18 is 8 to 1 outside of that there's not much the next horse on the odds board is at fifteen to one uh and then twenty to one. If you read our betting preview at the lines, you'll see there is a very fast horse in gate two finished third of the Traverse third of the Belmont stakes opened yeah opened thirty to one at max player this weekend uh but it is definitely tis the law's race to lose, and it ah, I'll probably get a bet down just because I always do on the Derby, but it's really, it's just not as fun when there's such a dominant horse in the field. And like all of these other horses that had all this buzz coming into the Kentucky Derby have all bowed out or, or retired. I mean, it's, it's, it's definitely a different feel versus other years.
0: I don't want people to think that we're glossing over the U S open tennis tournament that is happening as well, but we're just, we're trying to hit on the biggest betting, biggest betting things that are going on right now. And we'll talk about it when we get into week number two of the tournament, because then at that point, I think betting interest will increase a little bit there. Now there is a lot of money to be made kind of in these early rounds of these tennis tournaments, but right now especially competing with what's going on with the nba and the nhl and now you got the kentucky derby going on and the tour championship and the first week of nfl is a week away like i just we're not going to spend you know several minutes here talking about the us open tennis tournament it is happening out there guys just so you know if you want to go check in on all of that uh there's stuff up all over the place really good information on how to go about betting that but we're, we're trying to hit on all the big all the big events that are going on brett and it's just like it's so funny that we have to skip something as big as the u.s open but we just don't we don't we don't have the time
1: my stress levels are, are rising as we <laughs> add. I, I totally forgot about the u.s open should we be covering that probably but i we haven't even <laughs> touched at the lines yet yes next week we will talk u.s open tennis Yes, Along with U.S. Will... Open golf, which is happening in a couple weeks, too. I mean, it's just yeah. it's crazy right now.
0: So it'll it'll shake out Um, the tournament will start to shake out a little bit more. And, and some of the bigger names will have emerged. And I, I think that that'll create some betting opportunities that the public will be more interested in anyway. So, well, uh, you know, there's not a lot of people who are casually betting right now in these early rounds where are that they're going to lay, you know, Minus seventeen fifty, minus twenty five hundred on a Novak Djokovic or something like that, you know. So we'll just uh, we'll wait till the matches get a little bit more even, and then we'll start breaking those things down for you here as well. But as we mentioned, we head to East Lake Golf Club in Atlanta for the Tour Championship, a thirty-player field, fifteen million dollars to the winner of this tournament, Brett. It is a seventy-three hundred nineteen yard par 70 with Bermuda greens on this thing. And if you guys are not aware as to how this thing goes, um, part of the started last year, you might've remember us talking about this on the pod last year, but it is a strokes based bonus event. And basically what happens is, is the better you play throughout the course of the year, the bigger the head start that you start with in the tour championship. And with that, Dustin Johnson who comes in leading will start at 10 under John Rahm will start at 8 under Justin Thomas will start at 7 under Webb Simpson at 6 under Colin Morikawa will start at 5 under in this one Brett and then there there so on and so forth all the way down to the people in 26th to 30th who start just at even par but uh big advantage for Dustin Johnson as we head into this that being said if you want to bet this thing unhandicapped they are having those odds uh, over on DraftKings if you hit on the tournament lines. The first set that you see are going to be the handicapped lines. If you just scroll down a little bit further, it will say without starting strokes and so you can bet this thing in a couple of different ways which I think is cool.
1: Yeah, and it's very important when you're looking at the odds boards that you understand what you're betting on because like you said there are very there are different ways to bet on this tournament. You can wager on the FedEx Cup champion which would include the bonus strokes, or you can bet on the 72-hole champion, which would go to the lowest score, which is comparable to a typical outright winner we talk about every single week. It's it's a, dyna- it's, a it's a, cool dynamic, a fun way to, to get down on a tournament that we don't normally see. Um, but yeah, I, I've talked about my... I just don't love these short fields where there's no cut and only 30 players. Yeah, we get to see the best players in the world this week, but I've just... Uh, you know, I, I love... I think my favorite part of of golf tournaments really is, is Friday, that cut line. It's just so much fun when you when you're better
0: yeah, no, i mean sweating sweating the cut to see whether you have a chance whatsoever you know it yeah. is is certainly something that is is pretty interesting um but let, you know look, looking at this course, i mean they have been talking about this for over a month uh, i if you guys watched the tournament at all, if you watched the b m w last week at all you saw some of the very best players in the world struggle and struggle mightily Brett from everything that they talk about for with what they have done with Eastlake, we should see much of the same. There Mm -hmm. is a pretty good chance that you are going to see some people really, really, really struggle on this course this week. And with that, I mean, that's kind of why I'm not really looking at bombers this week. I mean, this isn't necessarily a course that you have to be, a bomber to win. We've seen, yes, we've seen the bombers when we've seen Rory win a couple of times here in the last few years, we've seen tiger win, but you've also seen Spieth win here. You've seen Billy Horschel win here. You've seen Henrik Stenson win here. So these are not the longest guys on tour by any stretch of the imagination. And so I'm actually kind of looking a little bit more towards guys that listen, if, if length, if length is, is part of their game then that's just a bonus to me, but I'm looking towards these guys that, uh, you know, we see kind of time after time, hit a bunch of fairways, and you know at least are always giving them, them chan- themselves a chance to score, as opposed to always just fighting with the golf course. Yeah, we we like to look at guys who can score usually week to week, but yeah, this is a week where
1: I think you just look for guys who don't make bogeys. Like bogey avoidance is a stat that I think has a higher weight and importance this week. Guys, like I mean, you look at the top five in in the in the in the world this season in boge- bogey avoidance: Webb Simpson, Harris English. John Rahm, Xander Schauffele, they're all in there. I think they're all in play this week. Guys who just go out and make pars when they need to, don't get themselves into trouble. And yeah, that's kind of how I'm attacking this tournament this week. It's going to be really tough.
0: Yeah, and and when we're talking about this, Brett, I think that you know, for me, I'm going to be talking mainly from without starting strokes. Like I, you know, Dustin Johnson could struggle and still with, you know, having that lead that he has, I mean, weird things would have to happen and whatnot. So I think I'm going to talk a lot about who I like kind of the, just the 72 hole champion sure. on this. Um And you mentioned him right off the bat. I mean, Webb Simpson, look, he took the week off last, uh, took the week off last week from the BMW and said he wanted to kind of rest up for what he expects to be a grueling, not only physically, but mentally tournament here at East Lake and what we did see last week and as awesome as that golf was, and we bragged about how amazing that finish was. We did see a ton of dudes shaking their heads and slamming clubs and, and fighting that course, not only physically and mentally. And we have one guy in this field who did, who chose not to do that and he's going to be coming in here fresh. Now, whether he needed that to kind of warm up or not, that I guess that will, that is to be seen but I think taking a different approach and him saying like, you know what, I don't want to go out there and exert myself too hard physically and mentally on a course that's going to be an MF or trying to beat. And I'll focus all of that mental toughness into Eastlake and uh, Webb, as you mentioned, another guy that if he is if he's stroking it correctly then he's not fighting golf courses. Now he's not the best scorer in the whole wide world. He's not going to light it up like we have seen with a ROM and a DJ and a JT and and things like that. Like that's not his game, but I don't know if that's necessarily going to need, need, need to be that this week with the way that this course is, is likely to play from everything that we've read, everything that we've heard. From this, and I think this fits Webb very, very well, and I actually like Webb pretty, pretty good here. I do have a bet in my account, just full, full disclosure on on Webb in this event.
1: Yeah, we're on the same wavelength. Did you remember the last time we both liked Webb to win a tournament? He won that he, tournament. He won. He, he, he won, won. the tournament. So yeah, I think I think <laughs> Webb is the play. I think you're right. I think the week off is really going to help him. And Dustin and Rom fighting that course last week, and then just so much mental going into that playoff, and just I mean that was a lot. <laughs> like, yeah. how do you come? How do you come back from that in just one week? And now you are playing for fifteen million dollars? I mean, does I just, I would not bet Dustin at any of the prices in, in in the market. Like I like I like him usually as a longer shot. I've talked about that over the past few weeks, but now as a huge favorite, we know of his. Implotability? That's not a word. Yeah. But he like he he's he's they
0: get he can, what you're saying. They get what you're they understand what
1: you're he saying. He blows yeah. up. I mean, I could yeah. I, he's that's in play this week. So I I definitely don't like Dustin Johnson at all. I think Webb I think Webb's a good bet, not only for the 72 hole leader, but for
0: the the the, the bonus strokes too. I think
1: I think he could win the FedEx Cup this week. I think he will win the FedEx Cup.
0: I like it. I like it. Um the other the other guy that I'm really on this week and again I'm not going to have very many tickets guys um this week. There'll be some head to heads that I end up getting on but as far as as outrights um this isn't really going crazy here. One of the best players in the world, been number 1 already this year and everything. But look, Justin Thomas, I think kind of speaks for himself as well as he has been able to play this course. I mean, at East Lake for JT uh, he has a T6, a second, a T7, and a T3, Brad. I mean, like the guy has has really done well on this course. And as we mentioned, now, there are times where the driver gets away from JT, and we've seen that at a couple of tournaments this year. We've also seen times when he is on with that driver, and what has he done? He's gone out and won, right? And so, yeah, if the driver gets away from him this week and he's not hitting fairways, then he he could struggle just like a lot of these other guys that we're talking about here, but um, he is a very streaky player. When that thing gets going, it seems like the rest of his game gets going. We understand how low this guy can go in a single round. We've seen it several, several times with him. And so uh, at 525, 550-ish to win the whole thing and then to come back on the 72 hole and get eight or nine to one on him, uh, Justin Thomas is going to be the other guy that I have tickets in my account on
1: that was the weekly Justin Thomas portion of this podcast.
0: <laughs> it's hard not to talk about the dude, but like specifically in this tournament here, um, is, is kind of one of those things. I mean, let's talk about a guy that we were talking about before. I mean, not just guys we like here, but maybe some of the guys that we don't like. And um, you know, we were talking about Bryson every single week there for, for a while. And it looks like his game has kind of left him a little bit. Now, Brett, Big, strong dude where even if he's not finding fairways, he should be able to kind of muscle the ball through the the hell that's going to be this rough. Should be able to kind of use that extra strength to get a little bit of extra distance if needed. But um, for me, everything I've seen from Bryson here over the last few weeks, I think for in, in a short field like this of the very, very best players in the whole world. I'm actually kind of, I'm going to be looking away from him.
1: Yeah, Bryson's the guy, and we've said this before. Like, he's like bet to win or just don't don't bother. I think just because people are off him now. I mean, he was all the rage a couple months ago. And now he's mm-hmm. just he hasn't played well. He just you know he's not striking the ball well. His short game has been putrid. Uh, always putting well, but like he's just it just hasn't been there. He's not all the all all parts of his game haven't been clicking. But I think you know we're we're looking for ceilings without rights and his ceiling is as high as anyone so i mean i think the price on him is pretty good this week to where it is a long course he can take advantage with his length i kind of like him this week
0: all right i like us I, I do like when we're on different sides of things too because then it yeah. gives us the opportunity for one of us to uh you know flip Look the really other one stupid. off or something <laughs> yeah yeah like at, at the uh, when it comes to the, comes to that uh, a couple of Couple of other names, and I actually said I only have two because I'm going to have three as well. I mean, and this is kind of just this is this is we're not stepping out on a limb here. We're only talking about 30 golfers anyway, guys. So I mean, it is what it is. But um, listen, we talked about not needing the the super big length here and being able to kind of if you can just dial things in, just kind of play play the tee to green game, right? Like don't get cute, don't get fancy, just bang, bang, bang down the down the course, and and maybe you could just kind of chip away and win if you can avoid bogeys while everyone else is making them. And I think that does fit Morikawa's game pretty good as well. So another guy I'll probably have a a, a ticket on as well with him. Just a, a guy that if he gets it going, yes, again, isn't going to wow you like some of these other guys, like a ROM, like a DJ, like even a JT when he gets it rocking and rolling, but can kind of just plod down the course over and over and over again, keep making pars, keep making pars, throwing the occasional birdie here and there while everybody else is making bogeys. And you might look up and all of a sudden he's kind of in the mix here strictly from not making mistakes.
1: So Morikawa five shots behind DJ, three shots behind ROM to start for the FedEx cup championship. Is he, is that a guy you'd bet to win both of these? Both like the, yes. oh, okay.
0: Yeah. I have a ticket for both on it. Cause I was actually just checking my account right here to, so that I didn't skip anything. So I actually have a ticket on both for him here because again, you said i mean this is a very very tough course like yes a five stroke lead and a, a two stroke lead over rom and a three stroke lead over jt is big for 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 dustin johnson there's no doubt about that however you go out and bogey a few holes and, and while they're parring the they do no, they don't even have to make birdies right i mean they can just be parring these holes and the next thing you know you look up and it's like oh w- we actually have a competition here and i think that that's something that could very well Show its face here in in how difficult that this tournament is likely to play.
1: How do we feel about Mark Leishman this week after yes, shooting you're... thirty <laughs> over last week? This guy's there's done, never
0: right? been a bigger fade for me in a <laughs> tournament ever. Like, I mean, they're not going to offer any head to heads with Leishman, so it's no point in me uh, even talking about it. But like, yeah, I mean, the biggest fade ever. There's no one in the world that I would rather bet against maybe other than Rory McIlroy this week, because there's a chance that he just leaves in the middle of the tournament.
1: Yeah. What happened to Mark Leachman during the break?
0: He was playing really well. I mean, he's in
1: the top 30 of the, like, he obviously was playing well early in the season. What happened to this guy over the break that he's just this bad at golf now? Crazy. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, it, it is. It, it, he lost something there. Don't, no don't bet Mark
1: Leachman. Don't, don't No, no, don't, do not do
0: that. do that. And I don't know if any of the books are actually going to put up head to heads, uh, or even groups that involve uh, uh, Rory at all. But if you happen to find a book that does, I would just auto take the 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 one against because he has, he has been very adamant about the fact that when he gets the call, he's out. Like, he's gone. So yeah. um, be sure. And, you know, I, I feel it's a little weird saying, like, hey, bet against the guy that's going to have a baby. But, like, you know, like, but yeah. let's bet against the guy that's going to have a baby here, essentially, when it comes down to it. Um, all right, Brett. So that's how we're kind of tackling the golf this week. Again, weird field, short field, uh, not a ton to really break down here. It's the 30 best golfers in the world. So, I mean, there's, it's, it's a massively loaded field. Um, I think the only other name I would throw out, maybe Brendan Todd is a guy that I'm at least going to do a little bit more research on between now and Friday And see if there's something maybe worth betting on him, maybe not an outright win, but I think under the radar a guy that you don't really remember has two wins throughout the course of the season this year has really been in the mix in a lot of these tournaments and hadn't been able to close things out. So yeah, maybe he's more of a top five bet as opposed to an outright win bet or something like that. But, uh, but Brendan Todd kind of under the radar has, has been sneaky, really good this year.
1: Yeah. Great story too. Um, I I just kind of came out of nowhere yeah uh, it's and uh, yeah like you said he had two wins and then he's been in the lead in some of these big events going into the fourth round and just kind of fell apart but um yeah he's been uh a, a fun one to follow we talk about all the talent in golf right now these young young guys and here's brendan todd week after week he's just there
0: yep pretty crazy Just he's just around all right guys let's head over to the afc west if you want to take a look at this uh Division, listen, yes, it is the home of the the favorite to do it all here. If you want the Chiefs to win the AFC conference, and this is the whole conference, so they have to beat every single person in the AFC, you're only getting three to one, and that is the very best price that is offered, and that is over at DraftKings. So Chiefs three to one if you want to take them. Chargers twenty two to one, and you can find that at DraftKings and FoxBet. Broncos 30 to one at FanDuel Raiders 30 to one at all three books. Brett, when we take a look at this, uh, if you wanted to bet the Chiefs, I don't hate it. I don't, you know, I don't really like betting three to ones on these long, massive, uh, you know, locking up money for six months and stuff like that on a three to one ticket. But I would get it. I don't feel confident holding a 22, uh, 22 to one on the Chargers or a 30 to one on either the Broncos or the Raiders. I don't think there's a ton of value in any of those I don't think that any of these teams are actually truly prepared to compete for any sort of anything this year.
1: Yeah, this is the division I have the fewest amount of futures action on just because it's the most lopsided. There is one team I do like in the division. I do have a ticket on one team in this division. But, yeah, it's it's, it's one that's just like, yeah, it's the Chiefs, and then it's everyone else
0: the AFC West if you just want to bet on the division in general the Chiefs the best price you are going to find minus 420 over at FanDuel yes minus 420 for them to win the division the Chargers 8 to 1 over at DraftKings is the best number you're going to find Broncos 11 to 1 over at FanDuel so you'll want to head to FanDuel if you want to bet the Broncos and the Raiders are 12 to 1 at all three books now is that uh, ticket you're holding have to do with the division itself here or is it a little bit later?
1: This is the division winner, and it is not the Chiefs.
0: It is the Chargers.
1: It is the Broncos. It is the
0: Bronco. oh at eleven to one, huh? Eleven to one.
1: And that's actually the number I got at Fanduel. I got it like months ago, and it hasn't moved an inch. <laughs> it's been eleven to one for a long time. Nobody is apparently betting on that, so. Yeah.
0: All right. All right. Well, we'll talk about the we'll talk about the Broncos here in just a second as we uh start to look at how these teams break down. But let's kick it off with the Chiefs. I mean, this is everybody's Super Bowl favorite. They are six to one at all three books, if you want to bet them. To win the Super Bowl preseason here, their win total is eleven and a half at all three books as well. Now, there is a little bit of difference in the juice. So if you want the over on the eleven and a half, head over to Fox Bet where you only lay the one twenty. If you want the under, go over to FanDuel. You are getting plus 105 on the under there for this Chiefs team. And, Brett, you take a look at this team. I mean, it is very hard to find any sort of weakness in this team, really top to bottom. I mean, it was kind of an underrated defense even last year, so they didn't do a ton of work on the defense, but I don't think it was necessarily all that needed when it comes down to it. And then on the offensive side of the ball, all, all they did was go out and get one of the most prolific uh, run pass catching backs in uh, college football from last year in Clyde Edwards, helaire um, they locked up Patrick Mahomes. So there's going to be nothing looming when it comes to that about, you know, them asking him all the time about his contract situation. They lock up Andy Reed, even when it comes down to that, I mean, it seems like this chiefs organization has gone about it, right. Has done what they needed to do. Um, did go out and get a linebacker in the second round in Willie Gay. Uh, did go out and get an offensive tackle in the third round as well. And you you kind of look here and you say, "Wow, eleven and a half is the win total." But uh, boy, you start counting up the wins and you you start getting pretty close to eleven pretty quick.
1: Yeah, and you I mean this is a division where they could easily go six and zero against these three teams. And you've got okay so. Almost everything is still intact from last year, from the top to the bottom. And if there is ever a year where you don't want turnover complicating your preparation for the season, like this is the year. They're returning every starter on offense with the exception of Damian Williams, but they got an upgrade. I mean, there's no question. This is an upgrade with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. So the offense should be better. The offensive line should be healthier. That was one area where they really struggled last year on the left side is you know, protecting Mahomes, getting uh, opening lanes for the running game. Uh, the offense should be better, which is crazy to say because the offense was unbelievable last year. So it's really hard to to fade the Chiefs, but at the price they're at right now, like I'm all about price points. Uh, I I think you missed your window on the Chiefs. If they start slow this year, I think there might be opportunity to to buy back on them,
0: especially That's if Mahomes. If Mahomes, literally the only advice I have. Yeah,
1: like I just yeah. I don't see value
0: in in, the, in their current price. I would hope I would look at them and so here if we look at the schedule guys they do play the Ravens on on the road in week 3. Circle so that. so if they were to lose that game yeah maybe check back in on the prices at that point and see if there's an overreaction in some way shape or form. Uh likely likely to win week 1 and the Texans likely to win week 2 against the Chargers but then you have that week 3 game and so You know, if they start out two and one, I think that there's a chance that maybe there could be a small amount of overreaction because we know there's going to be several three and no teams, right? I mean, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, so maybe there's an overreaction. Maybe we can take advantage of it some way like that.
1: I remember last year when they were dealing with some injuries, they lost to the Texans. Mahomes was hobbled. They dropped to like 14 or 15 to one to win the Super Bowl. Like, it it happens. So, I mean, that's, that's kind of where I'm looking at the Chiefs as a an opportunity this year if they do lose that week three game to the Ravens maybe they'll drop to like I don't know 10 12 to 1 to win the Super Bowl and then you've got a price that is is more appealing than what they're at right now
0: no absolutely and I mean you talk about the offense that should be even better they bring in Clyde in the backfield and then you forget like you know McCole Hardman was a rookie as well right so yeah. I mean like this is a guy that is not even really mentioned whenever you start talking about this offense and you know, could this guy take a step? I mean, he had 538 yards last year. You don't really think about it. It, it you don't really realize that he did. But the guy had 538 yards last year as a on rookie. 10 so, yeah, so, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It really was only on 26. It really was only on. It really was only on 26. Um, but you take a look. Does this guy take any sort of step forward in year two in this offense? And if that's the case, holy hell, Brett, this thing could just be this. This could just be like video game numbers that they put up.
1: Yeah, the speed on this offense is it's just so scary. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's. I'm not rough. a Harbin guy, but he can I, he can outrun anybody down the field, and he's got the best quarterback in the game throwing it to him on point every time. So he's always dangerous. And he adds that on just another guy who's just gonna outrun everybody on the field. This this offense is ridiculous.
0: It's going to be crazy to watch, no doubt about it. Uh, to make the playoffs, as you would imagine, whenever we're talking about a team that's that like the with an 11.5 win total, uh, to make the playoffs, the best number you're going to get is minus 850 over at FanDuel. You get the no uh, at plus seven plus 700 over on FoxBet if you wanted to go that route. Brett, look, there's no way I'm laying 850 on, on them to make the playoffs. If anything, I think it's another one of those deals where it would be the... The, the plus money or no bet for me. I mean, if they had just the worst injury luck in the history of, uh, you know, in the history of the NFL or something, or if, you know, uh, knock on wood, hopefully not, but whatever, if a COVID infection and they end up, you know, five guys that are key starters have to end up sitting for three weeks or so, you know, I don't know. But uh, I don't know, 850 in a season that's so weird to make the playoffs for me is it, pretty much a pass.
1: Yeah, no way. I wouldn't touch that. And you know, if you're if you're taking the plus for them to to miss the playoffs, you're just you're just betting on a lengthy Mahomes injury. That's that's right. the only way they don't make the playoffs, I think.
0: Yeah, I mean that's 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 pretty. That would be pretty much it. And even and even with an absence, they probably still do make the playoffs. But like, yeah, they probably still do. But like, I'd rather not go in that direction as far as as far as things go. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, as you would imagine, favorite to win the MVP, four to one is the best price you're going to get. And that's over at DraftKings. So, yes, a four, we're heading into the season with a guy who is four to 4-1 to win the MVP against every other player playing in, in the NFL. Uh, passing yards for Patrick Mahomes, 4,500 and a half if you want the over over on DraftKings. The under, 4,574 and a half over on Foxbed. And when we take a look at this, Brad, I mean, Patrick Mahomes, I was trying to break this number down a little bit more and really, I think at the end of the day, this number is pretty much right on where I think it should be, which is probably why we only see a 24-yard gap between DraftKings and FoxBet, where we've been seeing these pretty big, you know, 7,500, 125-yard differences in some of these futures numbers here. But I think they all think, you know, barring barring health, you know, and that's one of the things we always talk about. He's, That's about that's about 280 yards a game. And with this offense and the way that they play and the way that this this is going to function, that is probably about where Patrick Mahomes is going to be sitting in that kind of 280, 290, maybe even pushing 300 yards a game.
1: I mean, I'm not betting under on on Mahomes passing yards. Like (laughs) the offense is gonna be
0: better. They brought in a pass
1: catching running back. This team throws on first down ten percent more than any other team in the NFL. Like why I'm just just no way I'm taking the under. Uh, I would definitely lean over. Just, I mean, the Mahomes is the best.
0: Yeah, I mean, in eight in twenty eighteen, he averaged three hundred and eighteen yards a game. It, last year, now granted, he did miss those two games, but he averaged two hundred and eighty seven yards, uh, two eighty seven point nine, so basically two eighty eight per game. So, yeah, I, I'm with you when you look at that average. It, I'm not going to assume he's going to get hurt, and so if he's playing all the games, I'm sure as hell not betting the under on that. I think Patrick Mahomes easily averages 280 yards a game if he stays healthy, so uh, n- no play for me on that one at all. Here's an interesting one: passing touchdowns, 34 and a half at DraftKings, 36 and a half cool. over on FoxBet. Now, if you have a large bankroll, you can make you you can take a chance on making some free money right here. There's a full touchdown middle opportunity if you wanted to go that route. Uh, You will you will be locking up money for a long time for the possibility of losing juice. But, uh, you know, some people have bankrolls that can afford something like that. So thirty four and a half at DraftKings, thirty six and a half over at Foxbed.
1: Yeah, I don't think that's a big enough window for me to to look at the middle there.
0: Yeah. There's there's got to be some uh, there has to be some positive regression for Patrick Mahomes. Now, we talked about that there was going to be negative regression from 2018, and there was. We knew that was going to happen. He threw 50 frigging touchdown passes in 2018. So we were like, he's going to regress. Now, I think there was a massive overcorrection here all the way down to 26 last year. So I think there's definite positive regression here for Mahomes which kind of puts it right at that 34-ish number, I think, for me, that 34-ish number, 36. I mean, that, you're, you're talking climbing 10 touchdown passes here. Um, I think the number's pretty much right on again, and it's tough for me to take a position one way or the other on this one. I think that the books have done very well on the yardage and the passing touchdown total for Mahomes.
1: Yeah, and I think, again, you bring in the the pass catcher in, in Clyde, and that just – I think you're going to see them throw more in in the red zone. I mean, why not? So I, yeah, I, I, I would definitely lean over here on passing touchdowns. The,
0: the interesting one here, when it comes down to, uh, uh, running back props here, not a lot of rushing props available out there when it comes to Clyde, because of how they figure that he is going to be used in this offense. And that, you know, that makes a lot of sense. However, where you do see uh, Brett a number that is pretty interesting is over at DraftKings where they have the rushing and receiving combined total for Clyde Edwards-Helaire That is coming in at twelve hundred and fifty yards and I will tell you this right now if he stays healthy this is going to get destroyed this number now they are factoring in I imagine that that you know running back is a very tough position. In the NFL, he could miss a couple of games due to some sort of weird injury. There is still, he's not going to get every single carry. He's not going to get every single catch out of the backfield. So they're, they're factoring that in as well. But as, as prolific as we believe that this this offense is going to be this year, and with the schedule they have, with the teams that they're going to play multiple times and all of that, barring injury, you are going to have to give me a big sales job as to how he doesn't have more than 1,250 receiving and uh, and uh rushing yards combined
1: yeah just for comparison's sake here Le'Veon bell is at 1200 i think he's gonna get way more yards than <laughs> Le'Veon bell I, yeah i i'm with you i think i think this is low um i guess just the the speculation over how much he's gonna be involved in the offense maybe early in the season i i, I don't see how they don't just ride this guy right out of get right out of the gate
0: yeah I, I trust me, like I was looking at this over and I was like, maybe I'm missing something here. I was like, maybe there's something that i i am not fully understanding that that they built into this number. I, you know, I thought that maybe that there was a chance that that could also be be the case or something, but I, I don't know man i was I was really, really digging in here and not able to come up with with anything that that even sniffed. You know, I mean, we are talking about a dude at LA and granted. It was one of the greatest college football teams of all time. And whatever, but like you play far fewer games in college. And we are talking about a dude that rushed for 1,414 yards and, and had 453 yards receiving as well. I mean, that is a, that's a 2000. It's a 2000 yard season essentially right there. Uh, the SEC. combined. Yeah. In the sec. And again, fewer far fewer games played as well. So I don't know man, it, that is like I smashed the over on this already. I might re-smash the over on this and if he gets hurt it's just part of the game and that that's a bummer for me but boy, I just don't see any way he goes under that number right yeah, there they spent other than
1: injury. F- they spent first round draft capital on him. The the prime years for running backs historically are like years 1 through 4. Why wouldn't they just just get him in there <laughs> I mean what are they gonna do Throw? they have the uh, uh Washington I can't yeah.
0: DeAndre Washington Daryl yeah, Williams like come on yeah no there's just no no there's this is like like you said they spent a first round draft pick on the guy and he's free like the, the that's you you use these guys during their rookie years like I mean yeah so like and then you don't pay them like and then you move on and like and Mahomes so, loves him and yeah. And apparently Andy Reid love, I mean, everybody, every, all of the, yeah, all of the news coming out is, is how much big. So again, whatever y'all want to do guys, 1250 is the number at DraftKings for combined rushing and receiving. I think he destroys that. I, I would, I would, I would probably have bet that up to 1450, Brett. I honestly think like, I think I'd probably give that a full 200 more yards and I still would have considered, considered doing that. So Anyhow, uh, let's move down to the Los Angeles Chargers here. If you guys have been watching Hard Knocks, you know uh, kind of they were favoring Tyrod Taylor anyway. It's not that this was any sort of uh, question mark, I think, for people who are football fans. I think everyone knew that it was going to be Tyrod Taylor's job as it was anyway, and they made that official yesterday that they will be starting the season with Tyrod Taylor. Um, Look, Brett, I mean, at the end of the day, I think that one of the reasons why I'm, and we'll we'll talk about this whenever we get down to kind of these prop bets with this team here, but, uh, you know, a lot of uncertainty as to how long the job is going to be a certain players here. So kind of one of those things for me, I think there's going to be a decent amount of fades for me on this Chargers team here, 45 to 1 to win the Super Bowl is the best number you're going to find. That's at DraftKings, and we're looking at win totals here. This is where I'm curious as to what you think. DraftKings did that thing where they're going to be a half game off of FanDuel and FoxBet. They came in at 7.5 where FanDuel and FoxBet are both at the flat 8. If you want the over of the 7.5, you're actually laying minus 141 over at DraftKings. If you want the over the 8, you're getting even money at uh, FanDuel. So for me, I will just... uh, I'll take the push if it, if it if that happens to land right on eight before I'm laying the 141 at DraftKings. I'll just uh, I'll just eat the push if I have to to get like so much less juice. I mean, it's even money at FanDuel as opposed to laying 141 over at DraftKings.
1: Yeah, I mean, with the tie rod thing, I I actually like that for the Chargers, mm-hmm. just because uh, reports out of Camper that Justin Herbert. While dazzling with that arm just has a lot of catching up to do with the offense. It's just a one eighty from the style of offense he ran at Oregon. And I don't think he's gonna be ready to win football games in the NFL. So I think Tyrod's good for the Chargers over. But the Derwin James injury, man, like I didn't like the Chargers to begin with, and now Derwin James is out for the year. That's their best player. Well, arguably their best player on defense. They have some great players on their defense, but that's a huge loss in that secondary. And that cannot go unnoticed. I think that's it. that for me, that kind of takes them out of really any any chance of winning this division and, and going deep in the playoffs.
0: They did bring in Chris Harris on the cornerback side of things to try and help out there. Brought in Linval Joseph. If you were watching Hard Knocks, you saw Linval Joseph actually helping out some of the rookies as well. Of course, a longtime vet there on the defensive line. They did lose Melvin Gordon, but I mean, I don't think nah. anybody really thinks that that's any sort of. Anything, Austin no. Eckler, been a do-it-all back for them, and uh, it will be that again this year for this team here. Brett, whenever you take a look at the schedule here, and we're looking at 7.5 and 8, they're eight. They're they're likely to start out 2-1, and one, right? I mean, they get the Bengals' first game of the year, they're going to lose to the Chiefs in Week 2, and then they get the Panthers in Week 3. So they're going to start out 2-1 and one more than likely, which is why I kind of bring this up, because I think this plays into this to make the playoffs, where right now you're getting, you'd have to lay minus 182 on the no. You might get a better number than that after week three, after they start two and one. And then I would be looking at the no at that point yeah. on them to, to not make the playoffs. The schedule gets a little bit tougher, especially how they close things out. You know, there's just kind of a whole bunch of either middle of the road or good teams that they're going to be playing to kind of close things out. And so, uh, yeah, that, that's kind of how I'm looking to play this team. That being said, there is that stretch from week six to week nine, where if this team is playing well and if they're hot, they actually could go four and zero. Oh. It is not out of the question to think that they beat the Jets, the Dolphins, the Jaguars, and the Raiders in a four game stretch. Now, if that were to be the case, the over on the the Chargers here uh, starts to look really really good. So if they handle their business against the Bengals and the Panthers like they say they should. You could be looking then at that point at a six and at a six and three team, where they would really only have to win two games out of the final you know one two three four five uh, the final seven games of the season here. So the, the Chargers getting close to that eight number should they handle the business that they're supposed to, can get there pretty quick actually, and, and by their bye week even.
1: Yeah, and and speaking of the bye week, I, I was going to say I've got the bye week circled because this is a team that I'm probably just going to be fading. After they come out of the bye week. Because they yeah, like they have Jets before the bye, they have Jets, Dolphins, Jags, Raiders, all four winnable games. And there's there might be some hype on the Chargers going into that bye week. Like if if, if they somehow like win at Tampa in week four and they win all four of those winnable games before the bye, that's a what seven, maybe seven and two team going into the bye, six and three. That's possible. And this second half of the schedule is not very easy denver no. buffalo new england then they got denver and kansas city cl- to close it out so yeah that's a team i'm definitely gonna be looking to fade Pro- i mean it, if it goes as planned that's a team i'm gonna be looking to fade uh in the second half of the season
0: i mentioned the no on make the playoffs if you want the yes plus 150 over at DraftKings and fox bet on this chargers team uh tyrod taylor as far as passing totals there's not a lot of stuff listed out there brett i think that if you take a look at it, kind of makes sense. I think whenever you look at, at at this, because I think a lot of these books are saying, look, yes, he's going to start the season as the quarterback, but we're a little, they would be so vulnerable to the under because the second things start to go wrong, they're going to have to go to Herbert. So uh, I would, I, you can't even find Tyrod Taylor, anything kind of posted at most of the major books. And I, that, that's why I say that for me, I think there's a lot of fade equity here for the the not only the past the the past catchers for me specifically. Um, we'll talk about it in just a second, but yeah, you can't you can't get any Tyrod numbers out there. There's no Herbert numbers posted, and I think that's probably about right. But like you said, I actually think Tyrod could hold this job as long as they don't just collapse in the first half of the season. I think he could probably hold this job the whole season because he should. Yeah. They're going to be fighting, it looks like, you know, at, at some point up until that middle of the second half of the season, like they're going to be fighting for a wild card spot. So, I mean, I don't see a really big opening for Herbert to take over here unless coming out of the bye, like you said, they have just absolutely underperformed and have lost games to the Jets and the Dolphins and the Raiders or something like leading into that bye game. Then maybe – Herbert comes out and is starting there in week eleven, but um, you know we, we we can't really predict that. We can only assume they're going to take care of business where they need to take care of business. I don't know if Herbert starts for this team this year.
1: I don't at all. think. I don't think so. I, I I guess you know if they go into that last game against the Chiefs and they're out of it, maybe we see Herbert there. That would be that'd be interesting. But yeah, I I I don't think. Like, why would you? You have a capable quarterback in Tyrod Taylor. Why would you? throw this kid in Herbert, who's obviously not ready for the NFL yet. I I just, I don't see it.
0: If you guys have a bankroll, like we talked about, and you want to take advantage of these opportunities that are out there, you are going to be locking up money for six months and you are, and there is a possibility that at the end of it all, you're just going to, uh, you're going to lose juice. However, little bit of a middle opportunity here for you on Austin Eckler. Uh, we talked about with Clyde, they offer the rushing and receiving total. They do the same for Eckler who we know is a do it all back as well. The over number at Foxbet Brett is 11.99 and a half. The under at DraftKings is 13.50 and a half. So we are getting a 151 yard middle right there which for a back like these guys is about a game and a half, right? So you're getting kind of a game and a half middle right here on Austin Eckler for these numbers um, at eleven ninety nine and a half and thirteen fifty and a half. And you know the guys that have the a little bit bigger bankrolls that you know locking money up for for six months, where at the end you might you might still lose you might lose some juice or whatever. But uh, let me tell you, as a person who's I've played middles for twenty years and when you hit a middle, when you hit a season long middle Brett and you hit one of these things, like (laughs) it's the greatest feeling in the whole world. I, it feels so amazing. You feel like you got one over on the books or whatever. And the other thing is, is you don't have to hit very many to be profitable on these. If you can locate, you know, a dozen of these things to go and bet, I mean, you really only have to hit two of them to, 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 to make money, you know? And so again, just, uh, Something if you have the bankroll, a hundred and fifty-one yard middle for something like this, about a game and a half's worth of yardage that you're getting for free.
1: Yeah, like that little little arbitrage. What uh, what projections have you seen for Eckler rushing and receiving combined? Is um, I haven't looked at projections that closely on him. I feel like over. I feel like over has to be the play though. Just knowing what I know about Tyrod Taylor, he was with the Bills for how many years, right. and he loves to dump off. Loves it. Doesn't like to make throws that he knows he can't make. Keeps himself out of trouble. Dumps off to his tight ends and running backs. So I kind of love the the over here for rushing and receiving for Eckler.
0: And no, no real competition really for carries either. I mean, Jackson is going to get what three or four a game. Yeah, maybe. and
1: then you know maybe we see some Joshua Kelly, but it's it's Eckler's backfield. And have you yeah. seen the photos of this dude? He. Has put on some weight. He is rugged now. Like he's 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 jacked. The guy's
0: huge. This week's episode of 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 Hard Knocks. Like if you if that didn't sell you, I mean they they have this drill where they stack these sandbags on top of one another, guys. And Austin Eckler, little mini me out there, was the only guy that cleared five of them and uh, cleared it pretty easily. I might even add. I mean, like you could just the 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 guy is just an athletic freak and um, good story behind him. We were talking about story, like good story behind him as well. Another guy that everyone just counted out, said there was no way he's going to be able to play in the NFL and and sure as hell here he is and uh, got paid for it and is, uh, is going to be a feature back here.
1: Yeah. And I, yeah, Uh, he's gonna He's the guy. There's no competition there. He's going to get all the volume he can handle. So I would definitely lean overs on Eckler props.
0: On the other hand, uh, Keenan Allen is where I'm going to be abandoning ship here. Uh, the, the totals here for Keenan Allen, a thousand and a half. If you wanted to play the over on him's over on DK, the under is at a and a half on Fox bet. No, I am not. I'm not I'm not guy as injury prone guy. I'm not that guy that sits here and like, oh, well, he's injury prone or whatever. We, I will say this Keenan Allen is off the field a lot. things that bother him. So that is one of the reasons I'm off of this to the quarterbacking situation in general, Brett, as we mentioned um, that there is just, you know, there is a, there is at least the opportunity that they feel some pressure and have to turn to Herbert and uh, Herbert is, is just, you know, not ready at this point in, in his, in his career. So there's that as well. That kind of plays into account for me. I also think that this team could actually be up in a lot of these games, especially these ones we're talking about in the beginning of the season. And I think they could be running kind of the clock out here. I don't know if there's going to be necessarily a need for them to be passing all over the place whenever you're talking about these games here with the Bengals, the Panthers, the Jets, the Dolphins, the Jaguars, the Raiders, like all of these games that that are happening in the first nine weeks of the season. So a lot of reasons kind of push me To the under here on on Keenan Allen, and so I'll be looking I'll be looking under on him.
1: He's been one of the tougher evaluations going into the season because on one hand you've got now you've got an injured Mike Williams, which should feed more value volume to Keenan Allen, but at the same time defenses are going to focus on him more. Who else do they have? Hunter Henry across the middle. You got you got Eckler too, but. I don't. I don't really know. Like I love Keenan Allen. Like he has one of the best releases off the line of scrimmage in football. He can get open, but you're relying on Tyrod Taylor to, to feed him the ball. I just, yeah. I I kind of lean under. I'm not expecting big numbers out of Keenan Allen this year. I just don't see it. That's just not how this offense is built with Tyrod.
0: Yeah, and and listen, Tyrod is a very capable quarterback or whatever. But I mean, I think anyone, if you're talking about you know, trying to bet an over on a receiver. I think everyone would, everyone would rather have Phillip rivers throwing that receiver, the ball. And, um, and so a downgrade at the quarterback position, just overall in general there. And you're talking about a guy that, you know, even, even last year was at 1199 yards, you know, I mean like this, and, and he, the first time he had played all 16 games in, uh, in his career, actually. So uh, as I look down here, so the first time he had played all 16 games in his career and he barely got over these numbers that we're talking about here. So uh, let's kind of lean towards the under on him. Let's head to the Denver Broncos team that you talked about that you might be interested in this year. This was a team that had a good defense, fifth, fifth overall pro football focus, a bad offense, 22nd overall pro football focus, no shocker there. They went out and drafted Jerry Judy, 15th overall. They also drafted KJ Hamler in the second round. So they bring in two different receivers there to go along with Cortland Sutton. They traded for A.J. Bouye. They signed Melvin Gordon. So there's a whole bunch of upgrades here for this Broncos team, but it's not really showing in the odds, Brett, as you mentioned. Um, the, the ticket that you got a couple months ago is still sitting at the same price, and if you want them for the Super Bowl, you can actually get them at 60-1. to 1. So 60-1 uh, to 1 if you wanted the Broncos on this. Um, the win total, DK did one of those deals where they hung two different numbers. Uh, they do have a 7.5 where uh the other two books are as at as well, FanDuel and Foxbet. Over if you want minus if you want the over minus one ten at both FanDuel and Foxbet under is minus one oh six at DraftKings. They hung a an eight and a half at DraftKings as well. If you want the over on that, you gotta pay plus one eighty and under -225 Brett it makes sense here a new market in Colorado I'm sure the books were getting a whole bunch of homerism bets that were coming in and decided oh, yeah. to and decided to hang an, an alternate number there uh, right next to the the number that they originally hung so look it makes sense to me you see that big plus 180 and I'm sure a lot of homer fans want to want to bet the over and getting plus money on their hometown team here but you know look as good as this as good as this team I think could take a step forward and all that. I I still think that they're a season away in all of this. And so uh, I'm not willing to say that they're going to get nine wins this year.
1: Yeah, that could very well be. This is kind of a buzzy team right now. I mean, especially in Colorado. So yeah, and this is in Colorado is one of the bigger markets in the U.S. So you might see the lines be impacted by that. But yeah, this Broncos team was actually above average last year. If you look at the underlying metrics, they just had some negative variance in close games. They were 13th in overall team efficiency. But like you said, 22nd in offense, but they addressed it. You know, they add Judy and Hamler. They already had two budding pass catchers in Cortland Sutton and Noah Fant. To me, this looks like a playoff team, but it comes down to Drew Locke. Is this kid capable of leading this team to eight? nine wins he looked fine last year like in, in his small sample he rated out in the same range as a uh, jared goff josh allen philip rivers according to football outsiders metrics he should be able to take a step in year two with some new weapons and a full year of learning the system and getting a feel for the pace of the nfl game but that is the big question mark is drew lock even even if he's average i think this is a playoff team this year
0: well, if you want to bet them to make the playoffs, you can get plus 180 at DraftKings and FanDuel. The no is minus 200 over there. Drew Locke, the passing yards come down to 3,400 and a half at Foxbet if you want the over 3,450 and a half. If you want the under over on DraftKings, uh, Locke averaged 204 passing yards per game in his five, five starts last season. So to get to that 3,400 number, Brett, if we, uh, you know, let's assume 15 games, if he had to miss one game, 227 yards a game if he does play all 16 if we're if we're assuming health here to get to that number only 213 yards per game. So just keep that in mind guys as you look at that number, you know, if he were able to be out there for all 16 games, we're only looking at 213 even if he had to miss one, 227 per game. As you mentioned, tons of weapons here, no shortage of weapons. So really and truly it will come down to to it will come down to whether he can actually execute or not here because you can't really blame anything when you have Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy and KJ Hamler out there running routes for you.
1: Yeah, I, I, man, it, it's, it's, it's going to be fun to watch because I mean, I'm, I'm a Jerry Judy super fan. Like I love watching this kid play football He's exciting, and you add K.J. Hamler, the speed guy. I mean, yeah, no shortage of weapons at all here. You combine that with this defense that looked awesome last year under Vic Fangio, and I I, I kind of like the plus 180 to make the
0: playoffs. I think that's a good bet. The other bet I have, the one I'm really looking at on this team is the under on Melvin Gordon. So you can get the under on Melvin Gordon over at uh, DraftKings at 775 and a half. And, Brad, I mean, listen, he's going to share the workload with Phillip Lindsay. Like, we have seen this with this Broncos team. It does not matter. They are going to give Lindsay carries. And not only that, Lindsay has actually been really good for this team. Like, it's, it's like no one wants to give this kid credit because he's like tiny and like whatever. But, like, he has been actually really really good here. And you look at Gordon, he has actually averaged less than four yards per carry in four of his five seasons in the NFL. So, I mean, like you, you still have Royce Freeman in the mix who might get a carry or two a game and that siphons off from him. You, st- you still have Philip Lindsay in there. I understand 774 isn't even sniffing a thousand here, but he'd still have to average over 50 yards a game. And with his, with his average that he's got, Brett, I mean, you're looking at, he'd need about 13 to 14 carries per game as well. If he uses his career averages, as far as, you know, going with all these things here, I like the under on Gordon. I just don't think he's going to get enough volume here. I think there's going to be a bigger split between him and Lindsay than people are saying. And I also believe that that Royce Freeman gets two carries a game as well, which, you know, if you're getting two fewer carries a game, that's still two fewer carries. So give me the under on Melvin Gordon.
1: Yeah, I think you're right. There's also reports that Gordon has been struggling with the elevation, the altitude in Denver. That's that's a real thing. Like if he if he isn't breathing properly during football games, like you can't keep him on the field. And Lindsey has been great, so I I'm with you. I don't like him. I don't like his over props at all. I don't like him in fantasy football this year either. I think he's. I think he's, it's a weird signing. Why would you pay yeah. this guy or bring him over when you've got you've already had success with these running backs? I mean, Lindsey is a concern because he's so small. He, his, you know, he's far more likely to get hurt than somebody who's two hundred plus pounds. But he's been great, and am I'm not, I'm not a Melvin Gordon guy anyway. I just don't think yeah. he's very good. So this is a weird one.
0: The two receivers, Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, uh, Sutton is at 1050 and a half at DraftKings, 1074 and a half at Foxbet if you wanted the under. Judy, 750 and a half at DraftKings, but 824 and a half at Foxbet. So massive difference there if you wanted to go over or under on Jerry Judy, uh, for me, these were both passes, Brett, and just mainly for the reason is I just don't know how this offense is going to function with all these new kind of pieces involved here and who, you know, d- does Cortland Sutton still become just the the super alpha there and is he still going to get the vast majority of the targets or is this ridiculous freak of an athlete in Jerry Judy going to come right in and like, you know, kind of buck the trend of, of rookie receivers and just look like a pro right off the bat? So I don't know. For me, a lot of uncertainty as to how it's all gonna play out. And the numbers are actually really close, even. Like, you know, Sutton only at 1050, even though he's the incumbent here and Jerry Judy looking at 824 over at Foxbet when you're talking about numbers as well. So uh I'm gonna sit back. I'm gonna watch. I'm gonna enjoy. I'm gonna hope that this uh this offense is as high flying and as and as fun to watch as I think they can be. But I don't think you're going to get a bet on me out of, uh, on these receivers.
1: No, nah, me either. I don't know what to expect. We don't have any tape on what this offense looks like with all these new weapons. So this is a case where I just pass on the props and bet on this offense being improved. Bet on them being good. That, that's kind yes. of where I'm at.
0: Same with me. And uh we'll close out here with the Raiders and we're closing out here with the Raiders because so I don't think either one of us are gonna have much to say. I have like no notes on the Raiders. About this team. Uh Terrell Williams is out for the season now, so it will be the Rugs show there. So maybe if you wanted to lean something that way, I guess there is that. Sixty-six to one on the Super Bowl at DraftKings. If you're looking at the win totals here on this team, it is seven. At DraftKings, the over at 121, the under at 104. If you want the over at FanDuel and FoxBet is at 7.5 there. You're actually getting plus money on the over, plus 115 at FanDuel. You are getting, uh, you have to lay minus 120 at FoxBet on the under. I have all kinds of fades on this Raiders team, Brett, and now with Williams like the only guy with any sort of experience in that receiving core, essentially, essentially now with him being gone, Doesn't make me any more apt to want to bet this team at all. So it would be under seven and a half or nothing for me. You're never going to get an over bet on me on this Raiders team.
1: Yeah, I don't have anything on the Raiders at all. My one take after the draft was that Brian Edwards is better than Henry Ruggs and will have more production. As a receiver than Henry Ruggs, so that's kind of if, if you can find Henry Ruggs props, I would bet the unders. And if if you somehow manage to find, you might be, can you find Brian Edwards props in Vegas because they are in Vegas?
0: I have not seen any. There are Ruggs props out yeah. there though. Um, uh, the yardage in particular um is sitting about 775 7 uh, to 800 is where you're going to see rugs and i think those numbers have adjusted here just in the last couple of days due to the fact that again he's now kind of thrust into this role where he's going to have to be the dude um that said, i'm still with you brad i mean even though he is now going to be the the featured guy um I just don't have a lot of confidence in this team and this offense and everything that's going on right now with, with all this. I mean, there's still going to be the, you know, the Hunter Renfro's and the Darren Wallers and, and someone's going to have to step in and fill in for, for Williams as well with, with all that. So I don't know. And it's tough, man. Just, just rookie receivers typically have just not gone out and had, big seasons it's just tough to it's just tough to adjust to the NFL game you're used to just torching every corner that you play against in college and then every corner every good corner you played against in college is now every corner in the NFL and so you have to learn kind of the NFL nuance as a receiver in order how to get open and the little slight little things that you got to do here I mean we saw this even play out last year and I know we said this on a previous podcast but as far as rookie receivers went the guys that went over this total that you have to get on rugs at 800 yards, AJ Brown, DK Metcalf, Debo Samuel. I, I mean, like it's just very few. It's a handful of dudes, you know. It's just it's a handful of guys that that were able to get it done with with all that. So I don't know, man. I I'd, I'm with you. It's it would be an under or nothing for me on rugs.
1: Yeah, it's it's tough with a guy like Carr too. Which is he's just not very good you're relying on yeah. chemistry and timing with with a rookie receiver and i just don't see it with a speed guy like rugs i would rather just i'd rather buy stock in a guy like edwards who's just like a ball skills guy just throw it in his vicinity and he'll go get it that that's kind of where i'm at with that and, and run frozen is you know a guy like a safety blanket that they can re- rely on in the passing game i just don't see it out of rugs this year
0: I'll tell you this, it will be interesting if they do not get beaten to hell in these first 11 weeks of the season where it looks, this schedule looks just so incredibly bad for them. But once they hit week 12, it goes Falcons, Jets. Now we think the Colts are going to be good, but it goes Falcons, Jets, Colts, Chargers, Dolphins, Broncos, like, if they're actually somewhat in the mix, like weeks 12 to 17 could actually pre- be pretty interesting for Raiders fans. If they're, if they're in it, because I mean, th- there are a lot of winnable games to close out the season. There's at least that for them.
1: This is one of the, yeah. Another, another, another thing I look at the schedule. I look at a team's full 16 weeks and circle spots where I think there might be value on a team just based on like public perception, what people are going to think. Of course it all changes if there's a big injury, but that's, yeah that's how I, I attack it. Just like, is is this going to be a spot where I should look to be buying? And yeah, that's, that's exactly where I have circled for the Raiders. It's like towards the end of the year when it could <laughs> be, it could just be dust, but they've got some, they've got some nice matchups there at the end of the year.
0: Apple podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, Google podcast, go in, subscribe, rate and review. We really do appreciate it at the lines. U S at play picks U S on Twitter at Brett Colson at Matt Brown. M two. If you want to follow us, over there. And of course, be sure and check out the lines, guys. We've really improved the site a ton. So if you haven't been in a while, be sure and check it out. There's odds comparison charts up now, all kinds of things like that that you can do. And uh, we're only making it better. And uh, this football season, really looking forward to it. We've got some upgrades and some uh, new people coming on board that are going to really help us put out a, a ton of great stuff. So be sure and check all of that out for us as well. For Brett, I'm Matt. Talk to you guys next week.